Just after 11 o'clock, Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here on Fantasy Frenzy, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and right here in West Edmonton Mall, wilhockbeefjerky.com. Fantasy show coming up next 55 minutes. one 401 is the text line if you'd like to jump into the conversation. We'll pretty much talk anything. Whatever you want to discuss, uh, we're here for it on the program. Uh, maybe... Uh, Maybe some NBA, because we will talk NBA. Nick Whalen's going to join us from Rotowire and Sirius XM NBA, as well as Sirius XM Fantasy. We'll talk a little hoops. RJ Barrett, coming to the Raptors. How much does he hypothetically change things in the fantasy world for this team? Pascal Siakam benefited in game one. Who else could it potentially benefit? I also want to ask him, is there anyone in the NBA similar to a, I don't know, Kyle Pitts or Bijan Robinson? that you think has so much potential, but, you know, maybe their current organization just seems to hold them back. Fantasy-wise, who who should be traded in the NBA to, to really give them that opportunity to thrive elsewhere? Uh, if you want to get us through the old emails, you can do that as well. Connor at Sports1440, Brandon at Sports1440.ca as well. On Twitter or X, at Connor Halley, at Douglas 1440 also at Sports1440 and Fantasy Frenzy AM. Make sure to give us a follow, uh, especially with the Sports 1440 accounts on uh, Facebook, Instagram, threads, all over the place. So you never know when we might do a giveaway and send you to an event in town. Uh, If you are out there driving on those roads today, I think you can probably throw the headlights back on. It's a little foggy. Brandon, you and I are currently watching Game of Thrones again. Not together, but separately. You're a couple seasons ahead of me. But I'm at the point where we're, we're, we're north of the wall, and we're starting to see that snowy fog move in when the, the White Walkers come. Oh, scary. That's what it looks like outside. I could see that. Like, I was walking to my car today, and it was like moisture in the air, a little snow, a little you can fog. You feel it on your face as you just by walking. I was I was looking around, looking for those piercing blue eyes just in case. I'm, uh, I'm familiar with such uh, such an environment. I actually wrapped, <laughs> I wrapped up um, Game of Thrones. I've moved, I've moved on to uh, House of the Dragon uh, for the second time. I watched it when it came out. That seems like already just about two years, a year and a half ago, I guess. I think it was like two summers ago. Um, then I saw a first commercial uh, during the Oilers game the other night, actually, from Crave. Uh, House of the Dragon Season 2, Summer 2024. So uh, there's not very many episodes. I'll be through it well before the, uh, the new season launches. But, you know, refresh the memory so I'm ready to rock and roll when the new season drops, uh, refamiliarize myself with all the confusing names and everybody looks the same because they're all the same family. And uh, that that won't do me any good because I'm pretty sure the start of season two, that's all new, a whole new cast to play the characters. Um, obviously, the entire series jumps like what's 100 years in history. So, yeah, that's what I didn't like about that show. I mean, you, I, didn't, you didn't like that part? Well, I guess they had to do it and they wanted to speed up some things like you couldn't just do it day by day so it, it does make sense no like there's there, sometimes there's like 15 year gaps between episodes and sometimes even more and character actors actresses just change they change yeah. it's like well oh, by the way this is a that person yeah, 20 this, years this, later this is this character they just look different now but slightly the they, same i thought they did a pretty good job for the most part though of uh of because the, the they didn't change every character not everyone had a new no. a new actor actress usually just the younger going from children to adults i thought they did a very good job of um keeping them looking very much the same so you could get a pretty good idea of who whom was whom you said that's coming out in the summer season two 2020 summer 2024 that's what the commercial told me so that tells me i don't have to start watching it till the week before well yeah there's only like eight episodes yeah so. easy to binge that one the the Game of Thrones, the original. I, I want to see a 
Jon Snow follow up. I thought like, that was like, like a spinoff. Yeah, North like of the Wall. Like him once, like after the end of Game of Thrones, a sequel, whereas House of Dragon is a prequel. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that was in production, but we haven't seen it come down. Rumors. Oh, well. It is rumors. Uh, Playbook Vic text in. When is the first 1440 sports trip of a lifetime going to happen? LOL. Well, I don't know. Maybe it'll happen tomorrow. I hope I can go on it. No, it's. Uh, I think the, the winners would go. Well, maybe this. they'll take me. Maybe. You know what? We can't rule that out. Maybe I'm, we'll all go. I'm great on vacations. <laughs> Vacation Brandon. He's a dangerous guy. Do, do not let me get hot. <laughs> Uh, Husk says IQ for the Raptors is great. Husks, yes. Uh, that Toronto Raptors trade, I will say, maybe not as connected as some people out there. I didn't really think that was going to happen. And then all of a sudden, like OG Ananobi, I thought they should have traded last year. Instead of the deadline, they made a trade and sent away a first-round pick, which totally boggled my mind. But I, getting RJ Barrett, I'm a big fan of that guy. On the international level. Canadian kid. He's going to put people in, in the seats. IQ as well. We know Ben Stiller still processing the the moves. Still not too sure about it. But uh, yes, I think that uh, Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett are going to be uh, good fits for the Toronto Raptors. Scotty Barnes, we'll see what he can do as the season goes on. Like I said, we will talk to Nick Whalen about that. Ant-Man, loving the Game of Thrones on 1440 here. Jon Snow deserves his own show. I want to see the shenanigans he gets up to at the wall. I think at this point, you know, we can talk about the show and spoilers. It, we're so far gone. And yeah, if someone, there's no more spoilers. Like, I'm just at the point where, you know, Jon Snow's kind of, he's he started to become that leader. You know, he's he's shown he can take a life he's if he got has that, to. He's got that dog in him. Oh, well, we just got to the point where Stannis was going to burn the the king of the <laughs> what are they called the wildlings the wildlings the king the king north of the wall north of the wall he Mance, w- Mance Raider. that's his name okay he wouldn't bend the knee you just watched us how do you not know his name i don't take down their names that doesn't even matter to me i know their faces <laughs> how do you keep track of the characters if you don't know their names i look at their faces oh like i know the big ones but that guy like he's he's done now he's gone doesn't matter he, he had a pretty brief appearance he wouldn't bend the knee they light him on fire and john snow's like nah i'm not gonna let this guy go down that way puts an arrow in his heart kind of a power move there to show like I'm the big dog now. I'm, I'm the boss. Yeah. So it's 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 going to be good. I'm really looking forward to the next couple seasons here of Game of Thrones. I've already seen it. I am rewatching it, but uh like I said, it's going to be awesome. And House of the Dragons going to be good too. And then I'm going to watch The Wire and then The Sopranos again. <laughs> and never watch a new TV series when, ever no, again. <laughs> when it fin- when the new show ends, that's when I jump on the bandwagon so I can binge it. You're a binge guy, eh? Yeah. Got to do succession, too. Just uh, one last, uh, or at least for me, one last note on the <laughs> uh, while you mentioned that. So on Disney Plus right now, there's a series. It's called Percy Jackson and the Olympians. It's based off a series of novels um, that I read when I was, like, younger. I loved them. They're, like, some of my favorite books. They had kind of a spinoff sequel a series of books, too, which I read. They were great. And they made a couple movies of this back when I was, like, in high school or just after and they were the worst movies I've ever seen. It was like the one time I actually thought about walking out of a theater. I didn't, but I thought about it. Um, and I'm like a few. And so this is the, the dilemma is that this new series, it it is the traditional release. One episode per week, not like a full season at a time. So it actually like kind of 
keeps me, I don't know, coming back for more, I guess. Because there's nothing else I'm really like watching right now. So I was like, well, I guess there's a new episode out. I'll check it out. Uh, through like three episodes, I'm still not sold that I actually like it or not. Some of the characters don't line up with how they were described in the books. Things like that. That, I mean, I don't want to be that guy. Like movies or books are better than movies. But guess what? They almost always are. So, In your opinion. Mm. In my opinion, they're not. Do you know how to read, my son? I do know how to read. I read a liner every day on this program. I can't do it based on memory. I, I think my imagination just sucks. So I don't like... I so don't like, enjoy so, reading. So you didn't read a lot of like fiction as a kid, like no. the, the Harry Potter novels? No. No chance. Lord of the Rings. I didn't read Lord of the Rings. They were too long. I would be... Uh, I would read a book, and I, I was very fortunate to grow up on a street. There was a lot of kids, and I'd be like, put my head down, start to read... I'd hear the basketball bouncing across the street at the Knowles house. All right, I'm going uh, I'm to go shoot some hoops now. Or we get the doorbell. Come come play uh, hide-and-go-seek take. Come play hockey. Let's go to the prestige driving range. Got got called out of the house a lot of times. So, so yeah, I, I just unfortunately didn't get into reading too much. Respect those who can. I saw the, those people put out their lists on social media, a little humble brag about how much they've read this year. Yeah. And some people did like 300 books, like a book a day. If The Athletic tracked how many articles I read <laughs> and, you know, Daily Faceoff, Oilers Nation, all these things that I peruse daily and read, uh, if, if that got kept track of, I'd be right up there with them. Total words read, total pages. But unfortunately, uh, I don't have uh, any software that can track that for me. So basically it looks like I don't read anything at all. Anymore. I, I read so much when I was a kid. It's like my favorite thing. I would love some like YouTube video statistics. Oh, you watched a million <laughs> this, videos. This is how many pointless <laughs> hours you spent scrolling on Instagram or TikTok. Uh, we had a text come in yesterday. We didn't get a chance to get to from Bronco Brad. Uh, it was a debate between he and a friend. He says, who has been the better franchise since the 1920s? The Green Bay Packers, the New York Giants. Recent success would say the Packers, but the Packers went through struggles like the Giants. Both have four Super Bowls, similar division wins, and playoff appearances. And I would say, I mean, how do you want to go by recent? Because in the last 20 years, the Giants have two Super Bowls. The Packers have one, right? When was Brett Favre's Packers Super Bowl? I want to say 98. So in, if you want to say the last 25 years, 26 years, then... Yeah, because the Broncos, maybe it was 97, because then the Broncos went back-to-back, I think, in 99, 98. Uh, This is just off memory. And it it is kind of interesting. I mean, how much much weight do you put in division titles? Like, yeah, the New York Giants haven't won too many division titles because the NFC East is just a rotating door as for champions of that division. This will be the eighth straight year that a team has not won it back-to-back? Is it? Because they, they did have a long streak going like something that. like that. I, I, I think just the Green Bay, just the history of like the 60s kind of gives them that mystique. Yeah, I think the Green Bay is the better franchise. And I'll be like, I, this is a question, I, I missed it yesterday, so I didn't even do any like reading or looking up on it um, last night into today's show. But just off the top of my head, my and once again, maybe it is recency bias because the Giants have not been very good for the past, you know, back half of Eli Manning's career, uh, post-second Super Bowl, and into the post-Eli era. Um, But the Packers, here's my thing. You have had back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks. How do you only have two Super Bowls? 96 was the Favre one. Yeah. 2010, Aaron Rodgers before that, 66-67, with who was their quarterback then? Was it? uh, Art Star. Art Star. Probably. I, that is a total guess, but just it's, I think it's a good guess all the same. Um, like, when you have Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers on back-to-back 
like starting quarterbacks, how do you only have two Super Bowl wins? It's kind of like the Drew Brees, Sean Payton era in New Orleans. How do you only have one Super Bowl win? You know what the answer is? Winning Super Bowls is really, really hard. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'll say the Packers, but I totally um, like I could easily be talked out of it by someone with some more deep dive on numbers and things. Division titles, honestly, they mean so little to me because look at how many the Patriots have racked up. Every team in their division is like three of the worst teams in the league for for the majority of Tom Brady's time there. And I mean, yeah, part of it is because they lost the Patriots each twice a year, but that's only two losses at most. You're losing to everyone else still, too. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'll say the Packers, but I am a little confused how they only have uh, two championships in the last 22 years. And, I mean, I, I think you just look at just you know how relevant they have been. Like you say, with those two quarterbacks, Jordan Love, it's so unfair to say he's the next one because Favre and Aaron Rodgers, two of the best to ever do it. But he looks like he could be potentially on his way. The Packers as a franchise going back way back when they have 13 league championships, the Giants have eight, but you go back to, you know, before the merger, they the Packers won a lot. They've only got, what, four since then. In the first two Super Bowls, they won. I guess if you know, league level of competition, the New York Giants Super Bowl victories in 07 and 2011, probably a little bit more. Th- those have so much meaning, and obviously. E- even right. 90 and 86, like four in the last 40 years, 37 years, that's pretty wild. Like, yeah. that's actually very good. If you're a it Giants is. fan, although you've had Daniel Jones and you've struggled for a little bit, you've been pretty blessed. Yeah. you got Lawrence Taylor, Eli. Yeah. Michael Strahan. Michael Strahan. <laughs> I mean, we could go off Tiki Barry, Flexico Burris. It's, uh, uh, it, 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 is a, it is a really good question by Brad, actually, because, uh, like I said, I, I'm not like a – I'm not a football historian, uh, and like e- even like it casually. Um, I, I've – like getting into the NFL has been a very relatively recent thing for me, you know, in the past half a dozen, six to eight years type thing. So uh, going back beyond that, like I, I – and it's like growing up, hockey was my whole life. So, I, you know, going back to my youth as a – hockey fan into the late 90s early 2000s and and to present day i have a lot more knowledge on that topic so i'd love to hear more from uh, maybe some packers and giants fans out there we should get strutty on come in and he can present <laughs> his case on the the giants being better and then we'll get a packers one in um and then they can do the same but yeah my, my first instinct says packers because of the uh you know they've been able like individuals are great but even the most talented individuals need the right systems and, and uh, organizations around them. And the fact you can stack up back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And I'm not saying, like, it's pit stops. They play, Up until this, I mean, like, until a tail end of their careers, they were there for incredibly long periods of time and had so much success, both on an individual and team level. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with the Packers, but like I said, I could be easily swayed. And how much weight do you put into individual accolades, superstars, and you know, regular season success because the, even the years the Giants won, like one of those years they were a wild card team. They had, they went on the road. They beat the Packers, I believe. David Tyree. Yeah. like <laughs> Hall of Famer. And if you go, like, you know, if you want to go back to the 60s, sure, you can say the Packers have more titles. But in recent history, as the league's got a little bit more tight, I think the Giants would be the better franchise. Yeah. Which it feels weird to say because, I mean, the Packers are just historic. It's the Lombardi Trophy. It's named after their coach. Lambeau Field, the frozen tundra. That's where everyone wants to go. No, nobody talks about MetLife Stadium quite the same <laughs> way they're talking about Lambeau Field. It's not even in New York. No, it's in Jersey. Figure that one out. 
That's what I always say to Stretty. Like, your team's not even new from New York. They should be called the New Jersey Giants. They should. Gotham Giants <laughs> or something. The New Jersey Jets. Both side. Uh, we've got a couple texts coming in here. Well, before we go to break, we we're talking about movies versus books. Imitation Tom says, in my opinion, need to view them as separate artistic expressions. This is someone else's image of the story. Very rarely does the author control the movie. Yeah. If I was an author, I'd want to have like final say. I, I know to the, the Genesis of this one's talking about Percy Jackson, the Olympians. I know Rick Riordan, the author, he is heavily involved and I think he was on the original movies too that absolutely like I think this is not a personal opinion it's a fact those movies were terrible and they only like said it's a five book series with another five in the spinoff they only made the first two and it would they were received so poorly so I'm hoping the movie series or the tv series or streaming series goes better but I know the author is still involved with it um, I mean obviously Tolkien wasn't uh, you know hands-on in the making of the Lord of the Rings movies for obvious reasons, but I'm pretty sure uh, J.K. Rowling was uh, had a very heavy hand in the Harry Potter films still. So, even if she's maybe not a very progressive person, but she still had her still her books, and I think she had a good role in the movies. Fat Efron says, speaking of new episodes, Ted Lasso needs another season. I know it's based off a book and it's officially done, but it was so good. I don't know if that's supposed to say it's not based off a book. I don't think it's based off a book. I think it started off as like a, a skit, I think, to promote Major League Soccer on NBC, I believe. Or maybe it was the EPL on NBC, and Jason Sudeikis was the star of it. Nick started reading the Lord of the Rings trilogy again last night. This will be my fifth time through. It's unbelievable. Highly recommend. See, it's not for me, but that's awesome. Like, if you, if you really get into it. I, I didn't see the Lord of the Rings movies until... I was a second or third year university student. A guy I lived with was like, you can't believe you haven't done this. And we watched the extended cuts and it was like, like they are so long. That's my only gripe with the Lord of the Rings. The movies are too long. And I get it because the books are extensive and you want to so, as many details as possible because even the smallest details are important for the end end of the plot, yada, yada. So that, that would be why I never read the Lord of the Rings. It just wasn't really my, my alley, but I like the movies. They're good. And then uh, finally, Brad says, not a home run answer. Definitely need something you need to dive into. And I, I don't think you'll get a definitive answer. It's going to vary from person to person. If you saw the Packers in the 60s, let's say you were born in the 40s and, you know, you're still around, you're going to say the Packers, right? You remember those championships, the glory days. For someone like me who just bases it off championships that I've seen and witnessed, well, the, the Giants have had more success and it's going to vary. Some people might weigh the mystique. Uh, the MVPs, the individual awards, Aaron Rodgers leading his teams to the playoffs. I don't even remember the last New York Giants player to an MVP. Did Lawrence Taylor ever win? Probably to go look into it. So I, I, I don't think there's one right or wrong answer. I think everyone's going to have varying opinions. Playbook Vic says, then there's my Vikings. 0-4 Super Bowls, 0-6 NFC Championship games. Going back to 1978, six years before I was born. R.I.P. Hey, Vic, you know, that's how it goes. That's uh, I'm a Chargers fan. Not all of us can have the great franchises that the others have chosen, but that's okay. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we'll talk some fantasy hoops. Any questions? 1-833-401-1440. Nick Whalen will join us on Fantasy Frenzy, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Welcome back to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky, wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you today. 
talking all things fantasy sports and somehow we got into fantasy movies and TV shows. It's crazy how that happens. Uh, if you want to get in on the conversation, one 401 is the best way to do so. Uh, some news just coming down here. San Jose Sharks defenseman, former oiler Matt Benning underwent hip surgery. He's expected to miss the remainder of the season. So that's usually about a five-month timeline. Uh, that, that'll do it for the Sharks. I don't think they're going to get into a, the Stanley Cup playoffs and go on a run. So tough news for the local product, Matt Benning. Right now, let's get to our Fantasy Wizard brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Make sure you download the Brew House Rewards app. Uh, you can pick up rewards from the app store, get it at the app store, or Google Play, start earning points and rewards at the CBH+. Plus. You'll get an order of garlic fingers for free just for signing up. Looks like we lost uh, Nick. He's going to be our guest today, Nick Whalen. Uh, covers the NBA for Sirius XM as well as Sirius XM Fantasy. You can give him a follow on Twitter if you'd like, at WHA number one EN. It's like Whalen with a one instead of an L. Uh, of course, uh, in case you missed it over the weekend, the Toronto Raptors making a move, bringing in the Canadian, the local product. A guy who I think a lot of people had hoped that one day he might play for the Toronto Raptors and R.J. Barrett, and then also bringing in Emmanuel Quickly, uh, who looks like a great player as well. Uh, I think we've got Nick on the line right now. Nick, good afternoon. How are you doing? Boys, it's good to be back. I'm doing well. Uh, I, I assume we'll be talking some Toronto Raptors, some <laughs> R.J. Barrett, some Emmanuel Quickly, a lot of things going on up there. I, th- I think we have to make that move, and that, that question, because uh, for us, yes, that was a really big move. Obviously, R.J. Barrett, uh, you know, growing up in Canada, representing the team uh, on the national level, and then going to New York and having the success that he did. Uh, a very popular player up here and then when the Toronto Raptors make that move to bring him in uh, over the weekend a lot of Canadian basketball fans very excited and uh, out the way it got going for Emmanuel quickly as well I think he might be a fan favorite in town as well or across the country so let's start off with RJ Barrett though uh, maybe maybe you saw that move you're in a fantasy league you're thinking I want to bring this guy in too uh, what can you expect out of him now that he's with the Toronto Raptors yeah, we only have a two-game sample at this point with Barrett, so I, I think we got to give the usual. You know, it's too early to say, but you know, RJ Barrett has improved in in a few areas this season. He's not been a very good fantasy basketball player. I, he's a much better real life player uh, than he is in fantasy. Uh, obviously, it's been kind of a weird start to his career where the counting stats have been there. You know, he had a, a couple of years ago he was a twenty-six and three guy, which you know, pretty respectable. But the field goal percentage has typically lagged behind. The three-point shooting has been literally very hit or miss. Yeah, he was a 40% three-point shooter his second year in the NBA, and then all of a sudden last season he's down at 31%. He's hovering closer to 34 35% this season, which is a nice improvement. Uh, but he's also not a great free-throw shooter, and that's the area that he's improved most this season specifically. You know, through his first four years in the NBA, he was at 61 75 71 74%. He's up to 82% this season, which is totally fine. If you're in the 80s, even as a guard or a wing, you can live with that. But, you know, if, if you're a player like R.J. Barrett, you're getting to the line five or six times per game and you're only shooting 71%. That is a killer uh, in categorical fantasy leagues where free throw percentage matters. How about Emmanuel Quickly, a guy that was brought in alongside R.J. Barrett to averaging 15 points per game on the season, but the last couple of games, or sorry, last game against Memphis, he had 26 points for the Raptors. What do you think about his future uh, with this team and what he can do for fantasy I think getting Emmanuel quickly is is the steal of this trade, right? And I, I don't think, yeah, I don't think the Raptors were willing to do this unless they got quickly back. You know, I think RJ Barrett. Obviously, it makes a lot of sense with him being Canadian. Maybe the Raptors would value him 
for that reason more than other teams would. But I, I, to me, Emmanuel quickly is the guy that I want most in this trade. You know, you, you, you know his college teammate, Tyrese Maxey, of course. Uh, those guys came out together, you know, in the 2020 NBA draft. And we've seen Tyrese Maxey take off this season in Philly with no James Harden. Now, is Emmanuel quickly going to make that level of leap? Probably not. I, I would say that's relatively unlikely. Not sure he's quite that level of player, but I don't think he's too far behind. And he's only 24 years old. You, know, you still got him on his rookie contract for now. I think he's a player that you feel pretty good about locking into a longer-term deal. And, you know, we're two games into his Raptors tenure. And like you said, he looked great last night. He's already you know, he's got 40 points through two games. And I think he's a guy that was always pretty underutilized in New York. You know, everybody loves Emmanuel quickly. You love what he does per minute. But he fell out of favor this season with Tom Thibodeau. He was playing about four or five minutes fewer per game compared to last season. But he's one of those guys that if you extrapolate out and you look at, you know, the per 36 averages, you know, this season alone, he was putting up 23 points, four rebounds, four assists, shooting over 40% from three, giving you about three and a half made threes per 36. Uh, Nick Whalen joining us here on Fantasy Frenzy. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. You can check out Nick's work at Rotowire Gambling Group, also hosting on Sirius XM NBA and Sirius XM Fantasy. I just want to ask you about the player that went in return, the big name, obviously, OG Ananobi. Uh, he does have a player option next year. What do you think his contract status will look like? Do you think he tries to get a big-term deal coming here with New York? I mean, if you're the Knicks, I, I think you kind of have to do it, right? I don't think you make this trade thinking that you're just, you know, renting OG and Anobi for a short period of time. And, you know, he has a player option, uh, like you said, you know, for next season. I think if I'm OG and Anobi, I'm probably declining that. And I'm looking to, to cash in on the open market. As you guys know, the salary cap continues to rise. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a CAA client. Uh, as you know, Leon Rose, uh, the guy who runs the New York Knicks, is the, the former, you know, uh, agency head of CAA. So I don't think it's necessarily a coincidence that they brought in Ananobi. There's a relationship there. I assume those two sides will be willing to work together. So I, I think it's very likely that OG Ananobi signs one of those contracts that when you see the dollar value, you're like, oh, my goodness, this is crazy. OG Ananobi is signing this type of contract. But, uh, guys, that's the direction that the NBA is going, right? We, we, we kind of have those shock value moments every time a new CBA goes into place. And uh, OG Ananobi is going to be one of the first to cash in on that. So, Nick, we discussed the real-life trade. Now, for fantasy basketball players out there, uh, if you're looking around the league, is there anyone you might be able to acquire kind of a buy-low type right now who might be going through struggles or, you know, maybe coming back from injury? Just any players out there that you think uh, fantasy owners should look to acquire? Yeah, I think one of the obvious ones could be Zach Levine. You know, he's coming back a little bit sooner than I expected. I I thought there was a possibility that they would perhaps keep him out until the trade deadline. You know, maybe now it's, there are some teams that may want to trade for him but want to see him come back and prove that he's healthy. Uh, but I think he's somebody that, regardless of whether he remains in Chicago or he's traded somewhere, uh, I think there's a pretty good chance that he's going to hit the ground running and, and kind of recoup some of the value that he's lost over the last couple of months. And you know, if you're somebody that's been holding Zach Levine in an IR spot, you're probably pretty frustrated. And he's somebody that you're willing uh, to get rid of yeah, you know, I, I think you could also look at his teammate Nikola Vucevic. He's injured right now. You know, I kind of always want to buy low on these injured players, guys who aren't going to miss extended time. Because uh, you know, especially if it's a, a fantasy manager who's you know right in the middle of the league, like they're they don't want to be without one of their key players for two three weeks. If you could trade them someone healthy, and, and you're the type of team that can afford to to stomach you know the two or three weeks without Vucevic, it's going to pay off later in the season. You know, I think McCall Bridges is somebody I would keep an eye on as well. I, I know there's been a lot of a lot of consternation about the minutes workload in, in Brooklyn and the way that team is trending right now, and it, it hasn't been pretty. But to me, this has kind of been like a worst-case scenario start for McCall Bridges 
through 35 games. You know, he ranks right now as like the 70th best fantasy player in eight category league. That's just that's just way too low. I, I think he's going to play better going forward. The Nets don't really have a reason to to limit his workload until perhaps much later in the season. So if you could get someone like McCall Bridges, who a lot of people thought would be a top 25 player this year, if you could get him for another guy who's in that like 60 to 80 range, to me that would be a steal. Nick Whalen from uh, Rotowire as well as Sirius XM NBA and Fantasy Channels joins us here on Fantasy Frenzy on Sports 1440. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. Uh, Nick, John Morant, he's uh, eight games now back into his return uh, following his suspension. And, you know, he's averaging over 25 uh, points per game, pardon me. But, like, if we're looking long-term here uh, with the past uh, off-the-court issues that uh, this guy's had, I mean, nobody can doubt the talent and, and what he can bring when on the court. But is this somebody that we can actually trust uh, long-term fantasy or is it just a matter of time before he finds himself back in trouble again yeah i mean it's it, it to me it would concern me more in real life you know if, I, if i'm the person running the memphis grizzlies and i'm the one you know handing out the contracts and running the financials <laughs> you know, that's where i would be a bit more concerned obviously in fantasy you know it's it, it has implications but you know, he's still somebody that i think you can move off in the right situation to be honest i, I my hope is that John Morant learned his lesson, right? And there's been kind of reporting on both sides. Some people say he has, other people say that he hasn't, and he's still kind of doing the same things that he was last season. So we'll see. I mean, to me, I, I, it doesn't really dissuade me from from rostering him, you know, in in the dynasty league where you're you're really concerned about you know what what are the next two, three, four years look like. Um, I think there's always going to be a buyer for John Morant, you know, unless something really crazy happens, which you know you never know with John Morant, but. Um, you know, in a redraft league this year, you were able to get John Morant at a really nice discount. And if nothing else, even if you're still concerned about some of the off-the-court issues going forward, I mean, he's definitively proved that he's back. And he was clearly putting in the work behind the scenes. I mean, we saw it the first game back. I mean, he looks, he's looked like himself pretty much immediately. And he's immediately turned the, the calculus of this Grizzly season. I don't know if they're going to you know, make a run and, and find a way into the Western Conference playoff picture. But it's, it's a notably different team in a positive way since he's come back. Nick Whalen from RotoWire joining us here on Fantasy Frenzy. Uh, Nick, you mentioned Dynasty Leagues, and uh, for those of us that are kind of NBA fantasy novices and maybe haven't quite got into that realm of it yet and still just doing redraft leagues, uh, there's a lot of really talented young guys across the league. Some of their teams having more success than others. Cade uh, uh, Cunningham and Victor Wembanyama, not so much. Whereas uh, Chet Holmgren down in OKC, they're kind of uh, turned the corner now. Uh, of the list of uh, young players, rookies, or maybe in their second or third year, are there any names that are really jumping out at you that uh, maybe haven't really popped off yet, but uh, could in the near future? Well, you hit on a lot of the guys who, who certainly have popped off, right? I mean, I, I think, you know, Chad Holmgren is an interesting one because, you know, we, we just weren't sure, right? I mean, he, he didn't play at all as a rookie. I think there were significant concerns about his frame, you know, coming off of a foot injury. What is he going to look like? To me, this has been basically a best-case scenario season for Chad Holmgren. I mean, he might, he's a guy that might be a first-round pick in redraft leagues next season. The shot blocking is translated. The three-point shooting is translated. He's barely missed any time. I mean, he looks fantastic. So, you know, I've been surprised with, with how quickly – He's hit the ground running. I mean, there are a few players in this draft class specifically. Obviously, Jaime Jaquez, you know, in Miami, the 18th pick out of UCLA. He's been fantastic. You know, he's been a, a player you're, you're happy to roster in a 12-team fantasy league. Obviously, somebody you want in dynasty formats as well. Um, you know, in terms of somebody that who really hasn't popped off yet, but I, I think I still have a lot of interest in, you know, to me, it's a men Thompson in Houston. And, you know, he played a couple of games at the beginning of the season and then immediately got hurt, you know, missed a, basically a full month. And 
ever since then, like, hasn't really been able to work his way into the rotation. He's played a bit more the last two games because uh, Tari Easton and Dylan Brooks have been out, but we're still dealing with a very, very small sample. And obviously, if you follow fantasy basketball, you know how big of a deal Asar Thompson was about a month ago before Detroit, for some reason, started reducing his minutes. Uh, and these guys are twins, you know? So it's like if, if Asar Thompson's capable of doing that, Amen Thompson – uh, should be as well. I think he's in a better situation long-term in Houston. He was considered the better, more polished, better shooter uh, prospect coming out of uh, overtime elite. So, you know, to me, it, it, there's been so much going on with the NBA this season, so many young players playing well, that it kind of feels like we forgot about Amen Thompson, who is a big-time prospect in this class. So I'm still high on him as far as Dynasty goes. Last one for me for you, Nick. Uh, we saw some really big names uh, change locations this offseason. I think probably headlined by James Harden and uh, Dame Lillard. With those two included, any, anybody else across the league, uh, both from a fantasy perspective and real life uh, on the court, which of these big names in their new um, homes has really impressed you the most so far? I think you know, putting recency bias aside, James Harden is playing really well. And if we want to tie this back into fantasy, you know, he's been a first-round value over the last month or so, you know, the Clippers went on their, their eight-game winning streak. They lost a couple. Now they're back on the right side of things. I mean, they're sitting at 21-12 and 12 right now. And, you know, I think there was a lot of skepticism. I think everybody's been down this road with James Harden so many times. And you're just thinking, all right, here we go again. Uh, but James Harden's doing what he always does, which is give you a top-10 fantasy season, make you a really, really good offense, uh, get you wins in the regular season. And, you know, for like the 15th year in a row, we'll see. We'll see if he shows up in the postseason. You know, if I'm a Clippers fan, I'd be pretty nervous about that. But I think you have to be pretty happy with how that's working out so far. Uh, you know, if you're an L.A. Clippers fan, you know, obviously we had the, the Bradley Beal edition in Phoenix. To me, that's just kind of an incomplete. I don't, I don't think we can really judge that yet. I mean, those guys have played, what, like five games together? I don't even know if they've hit that number yet. Um, you know, as soon as somebody comes back, somebody else gets hurt. So um, I, I think it's too early to, to issue a stern judgment on what's going on in Phoenix. Nick, thanks so much for doing this today. I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Enjoy the weekend. There you go. That is Nick Whalen. Covers the NBA and fantasy with SiriusXM as well as Rotowire and Gambling Group. You can also give him a follow on Twitter and or X at Whalen, except the L is a number one. W-H-A number one E-N. Very clever. Very clever because it's his name, but also uh, keeps in your mind that he's He's number number one. He's number one. I was going to do that with uh, mine, but the double one the o's would be zeros because oh. <laughs> i'm a ditch, zero ditch the hero get with the <laughs> zero the zero uh nick's texting in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. i got jaw in the seventh round he uh, had to hold a bench spot for him for the first 25 games and managed to be the second place when he came back my team is strong now that's that's like the the nerves i bet when you're about to pick him and you get into the seventh round you're like if he's there, I'm taking him. Yeah. If he's there, I'm taking him. And it, that was like me with uh, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan in the NFL. Taylor, Alvin Kamara. There were yeah. a few guys like that across uh, fantasy football drafts. DeAndre this, Hopkins uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah. Like, if he's there, I'm taking him. Yeah. And then no. they get scooped and you're ticked off. But yeah, you, you think you were, you're like each round, you're like, oh, maybe I can hold off one more round before grabbing him. But uh, hey, shout out Nick. That's a, that's a great pickup. Like Nick was just saying, I mean, you cannot deny what John Morant is capable of when on the basketball court. And uh, I, I hope that he's got it kind of figured it out, uh, figured out off the court and can, can play consistently and not have to deal with these ludicrous suspensions for things that have nothing to do with basketball. Um, but, I mean, hey, you got you to gotta get yourself right before you can play right. So wishing the best for John. I mean, Memphis, not a very good team anymore, uh, partly because they're like, hey, if we're not going to have this guy for the first however long, why are we going to try and build something around him at this time but uh, if he keeps us up he should get himself in line for a pretty good little payday 
Hundred percent. I mean that that's it, and that that it's something you can really easily control, right? It's not like he's had injuries every year and there are these fluke injuries. It's like just uh, use use your head, cut certain people out of your life because they're going to take you down. Try yeah, try to go to some sort of therapy or counseling for your addiction to guns. Yeah, he just loves guns. Just or just hey, you know what? I'm bringing out my gun. Put your phone away. <laughs> I mean, there, there's so many ways around it. It's it it is it is preposterous and wild that it's like, okay, you know what? Sure, maybe John Morant really likes guns, but these people that are you would think as friends are like, you know what's a good idea? Putting this on social media right yeah. now. It's crazy. It's crazy. Those, but, uh, those aren't your friends. Hopefully, still uh, still get buckets. When he's on the court, there's no denying it. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll get to a few more texts here. We got Ant Man. Imitation Tom, Law Dog. A few more texts to get to as well. one 401 We'll also let you know what's coming up on the station for the remainder of the day. You're listening to Fantasy Frenzy, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky, Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas here on Sports 1440. 11.46, thank you guys for tuning in to Fantasy Frenzy. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here. The show, as always, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky, Alberta's best beef jerky. I believe we finished off the bag. And uh, that means we're taking another trip down there. And actually, you know what? We should say, I'm apologizing because it took me so long to mention this. Uh, We did have a winner in our fantasy football survivor pool. So with that, I think the winner, uh, we got to scramble together a a prize package. Oh, yeah. Now, we're going to grab a uh, Wilhawk Beef Jerky gift card. It was a sports 1440 hat. A sports 1440 hat. Your hat? Yep. Marty uh, Stevens hat? N- never worn. Because we have to find a hat. Those we're, things were... We're out of hats, but I, I have one, and it's kind of mostly just like a decoration, really, because it's not the style of hat I wear. Uh, um, a little a little too flashy for my liking because they're so snazzy. I just wear a pretty plain black hat every day. But uh, So I'll happily offer it up as a early loser of the pool. I'll happily serve it up as a, an offering to our champion. Well, there you go. Maybe Brandon will even... Autograph it. Nobody wants that. I'm not, it. I'm not low tide. <laughs> yeah, so we did. You know what? We did do that that score giveaway. Uh, predict the score, win a hat. Someone wanted an autographed low tide hat. It's literally sitting on the bar. We can't give it away because it's autographed from low tide. So if you're listening and you won that hat, please come pick it up. It says "Go Eagle" signed low tide, <laughs> fourteen forty hat. You won't get that anywhere else. Um, but yes, uh, it came down to Dran and Bendelson. Uh, Dran was the winner. He had the Philadelphia Eagles last week while Bendelson took the Denver Broncos. I think that was the Texans game, I want to say. Broncos lost, and that meant... Broncos played, or the Texans played the Titans. This was like two weeks ago, though. Oh, two weeks ago. Yeah, because the Broncos beat the Chargers last week and would have been good. But it it was the week prior. So I think that was... Two weeks ago, the Broncos lost to the Patriots. That's what it is. Oof. So it was a good pick, in theory, for the Patriots. I can't believe that... um, the other, the winner had went that long without using the Eagles yet. I mean, at the start of the season, they looked like the good old Eagles that went to the Super Bowl last year. <laughs> Since, I mean, you know, they're like one of the worst 12-win teams we've seen in recent memory right now. Well, and it, it is kind of funny because both both Dran and Bendelson did lose, but they lost together in Week 14. So we mm. had to keep it going. Uh, they both had the Rams, and then the next week... Well, I already told you what happened. So, uh, Dran, we'll be reaching out to you. We got some some little prize packages for you, maybe a sticker, maybe some random CFCW stuff. They have more random stuff than we do, so we'll hook that up. Oh, yeah, uh, they've been around a lifetime already. Yeah. 
We're just we're <laughs> just we're just infants. We're just beginning. Uh, we also have the fantasy frenzy hockey pool. Sad to report that I have dropped down to fourth position. Connor Haas and Boldy jumping ahead of me, but Con- I think Koskinen he's twenty nine points up. Oh, sorry, thirty one points up on us. Did you not have many players last night with just the two games on? No, unfortunately. And you know what? I got to say, uh, the injury bug. Yeah, well, the injury bug is killing me. Um, I should have had six players playing last night. I only had one. Troy Terry, Timo Meyer, Patrick Line, Shea Theodore, Philip Grubauer. But Dawson Mercer, two tucks. How uh, are you? I have Philip Gustafson, IR, and Jake Ottinger was injured for a long time. When your goalies get you a lot of points, yeah. and that's been killing me, and Koskin 2.0 has Shesterkin, Saros, and Bobrovsky. Saros and Bobrovsky have been absolutely crushing it. So that's why I think he's running away with it. Goalies, very valuable. Uh, I will say, we're also looking into it. We're trying to do something. We're toying with the idea of a fantasy football weekly pool. So once we get into the playoffs, you would make your team oh. just for the week. We're trying to work on something here. We'll keep you posted on that one uh, as it does get closer. But but nothing to report yet. But just just, just want to let you guys know that is in the work. So uh, for the fantasy football players, we're trying something. Norman to Combine says, afternoon, gentlemen, as someone that wants to get into fantasy football for next year, as a beginner, what should I be doing to prep? What would be the best kind of league to join Norm in a combine? I think to get it going, probably just a standard league. Maybe not super flex, but I mean, either way, you're going to be, you're going to have to research it. PPR, non-PPR probably doesn't really matter. I, I In my opinion, you just listen to this show and you'll win your ta- your league. Look at Slurpee Sean. Third, Look at Brandon. Third, third championship. In, like, yeah, that, <laughs> every, every, uh, I did actually get some outcry from some of my uh, league um, mates or my opponents saying that it was uh, an unfair competitive advantage. Although the ones... Crying, Cry about it. The ones that were crying foul was the league I lost in the final. But they <laughs> they were the two buddies, they kind of co-run a team. They uh, were the far and away best team all season, um, taking the gamble on Brock Purdy as their kind of go-to quarterback and a few other things. Uh, picked up Puka Nakua very early, I think, um, spending a lot of dough on that. Regardless, either way, they lost in the semifinal. And so then we're the highest scoring team again in the final week of the season, but took home, uh, I think for third place, they got their entry feedback. So uh, they shouldn't be, shouldn't be crying too much. And I just said, I was like, Hey, if you guys just want to be better at fantasy, just start hosting a daily fantasy show. Or don't run a team with two people or you have two brains to fantasy frenzy. That, that's weird to me. I hope they're not listening. I hope I don't offend them, but two people running a team. You won't offend them. It's the big Cebolia Denton. Oh, okay. And my old buddy Chucky Slick, my former landlord. One person has to be the, the one brain. of them. One of them is the boss. It's more so they, uh, you know, at draft time they kind of both weigh in. They they sit together and do the draft, and both weigh in on opinions. It's funny because they're both like huge football fans. The one's a Chiefs fan, so he always is very um, biased towards Chiefs players, thinking they're better than they are. In this year, in this case, it was wide, Chiefs wide receivers thinking, oh, we should pick this guy. He could blow up. And I'm telling them, no, do not do that. Although I did take a flyer on Kadarius Tony in the last round. Dropped him after that first week. <laughs> and the other guy's a Broncos fan. So he's, uh, he's a little sad about the end of the Russ era, to be honest. Today on the show. So, yeah, to, to Norm. Uh, I would just say watch videos, listen to podcasts, follow rankings, follow the rankings. 
And uh, I will just say one last thing on your two owner team. If you have two owners, you have zero owners. What if you have three owners? You have one owner. <laughs> That's how it works. Because then you have a two versus one vote and there's no issues. Uh, coming up today on the Lowdown with Low Tide, they've got their rumors. They've got Mike Lundy of Flannel Foxes, uh, which is a clothing brand. And Ryan McLeod is actually going to be in the mall tomorrow from four till five. Uh, you can pick up some clothing there. Uh, and all the money raised from this line will go to the stallery. So we're going to do some great things, great fundraiser. Uh, Mike Lundy will tell you about that with Low Tide at 1240. Mr. Bagged Milk, a.k.a. Jean Shorts, will join us at 1 o'clock. Well, us on the station, not us as in you and I. Our show's not high enough profile for BM to no, hop on. We certainly are not. Well, we could try one day. Uh, then today on the Jason Greger Show, we've got uh, Matt Verderam, Sports Illustrated NFL writer, Robin Brownlee, Dan Rosen from NHL.com. We've got the Cantork Race Report with Colin Livingston, the Ski Report, Mark Spector of Roger Sportsnet, and we will connect with Kurt Hill, Edmonton Oil Kings General Manager. I uh, just missed on that one yesterday. A couple texts to get to as we wrap up. I'm going to scroll down. Tomato Soup says, as my final week, in the balance, I have I lose McCaffrey, Mahomes, and Debo. Brutal. I have to insert Zeke, Hubbard, and Collins, and grab Baker to QB. I'm screwed. Tomato soup. Wiser league playing your final and the final. I week. just want to say, the fact that your finals is in week 18, you're yeah, yikes. I here's the thing. I think I'd like to play in one league where you do this because it is so unpredictable. Who is going? Because like we didn't even know up till last week whether or not the Ravens. Um, Niners, like competition for the one seed was still in place. So like some of these teams wouldn't necessarily be resting guys. Although the Rams, they're just like comfortable being the sixth or the seventh seed, I guess. Because without Matt Stafford, there's no way they beat the Niners, even without the Niners usuals, right? Like Sam Darnold led Niners team is way better than a Carson Wentz led Rams team, right? You're right. I would think. So the Rams resting guys is crazy to me. Um, but I guess it depends if they're comfortable with either matchup. But, uh, yeah, tomato soup, yikes. You're, you're playing this week? I, I, I find it hard to have sympathy for you. I'm sorry. I'm sure you, maybe you don't set the rules in the league, but uh, you should have an outcry to change that moving forward. Imitation Tom says, listen to the show and text your questions. Done. Advantage negated. Absolutely. Montana DeRice is here on his stink. His decisions were made by the coordinators last year, and they both got head coaching jobs. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he stinks. I think he's a pretty good coach. And one of those coordinators beat them last week. <laughs> he knew all his secrets, and we thought that that guy sucked. Gannon. He's impressive. Pillman says, great show. Thank you. And Jasmine, final word. I missed the beginning of the call. What was the riff about the Lakers? The riffraff. Darby Ham. Also, love the John Morant drama. Would be cool to see a Cinderella story. Yeah, I love John Morant. Uh, if, if, just, ah, keep your hair on straight. Jasmine, my only piece of advice, you got to go check out the podcast. That leads me perfectly into it. Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcast from, search us, Fantasy Frenzy. Brandon always tweets out the link as well. Make sure you give that a subscription. I uh, appreciate the text, Jasmine, as always. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today as well. We do appreciate it. Nick Whalen from Sirius XM. Great having him on Talking Some Hoops tomorrow. We'll talk about the weekend in the NFL, uh, maybe Daily Fantasy, as well as the NHL. Up next is the Lowdown with Low Tide. Right now, though, we're going to get to an update with Brandon Douglas, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky, locations in Leducs, Bruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall, wilhawkbeefjerky.com.